uh, I wanted to share with you this morning, I'm, I'm so glad you're here because it's very, I, I got some really important stuff that, that I want to talk to you about. Um, everybody in the room, I think, has heard of the Ten Commandments, right? Uh, you've certainly heard of this. You've certainly heard of um, uh, don't murder, uh, don't steal, uh, and don't lie, right? And, and look, if you're doing those things this morning, stop it, all right? Just stop it. It's not good for you. It's not good for others. <laughs> and, uh, of course, those Ten Commandments, what, what, what they tend to do is they're not just detrimental to society. They dehumanize the person who commits them, right? So that we need to understand that they're not 10 things that, you know, you shouldn't do or look out, you know, the, uh, the policeman in heaven's going to whack you on the, uh, on the wrist. Uh, they, are, they are things that if you do, you actually undermine your humanity. Now, what, what, one on the list that we don't, well, it's certainly not a criminal action, is... Um, is the Sabbath, um, the whole concept of entering into God's rest. Um, if you fail to enter into God's rest, here's, here's the proposition, right? Here's what I want to talk to you about. If you fail to enter into God's rest, that's as dehumanizing to you as committing a criminal act that I spoke about earlier that would all go, yeah, no, don't, don't enter into that. Uh, but it's dangerous to your humanity is your inability to enter into the rest that is yours in Christ Jesus. Now, I'm of the opinion that our rest and work relationship in our society today has never been as out of whack as it is. Um, We now today find ourselves uh, working to establish our identity. We find ourselves working to, um, uh, to be uh, valued by our society. And this results in all kinds of neurosis, all kinds of mental illness, all kinds of, of, uh, of, of domestic violence. I was talking to a clinical psychologist not that long ago who's been practicing for decades. I said to him, what have you noticed in terms of change uh, in your clients over the last, say, three or four decades? He said to me, oh, that's easy. Easy question. I said, really? He said, yeah. He said, anger. He said, there's more anger now than there was three or four decades ago. There's more rage in people and in homes now than there was. And I want to suggest to you that we are, have never been as a society more stressed, which means the message I have for you today has never been more important. Whether you're in the room, whether you're watching online, I, I really ask you to lean in because I want to lead you into a deeper rest. And rest is so important for your humanity, for your, the equilibrium of your soul, and for the soundness of your mind. Now, th- there might be a number of reasons that we are overworked, but two, just real quickly, or the, I should say one real quick, and then we're going to get uh, quite deeply, deeply into the second. But, but the first one, I think, is this technology thing. You know, you carry it around in your pocket, right? And so you can carry your work with you almost wherever you go and you never turn off. And Pastor Chris can email you any time of the night or day. If you work for him, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, <laughs> and you almost can, you know, you almost can be working 24 hours a day. Whereas once upon a time, you know, you clocked off and you went home and that was, that was it for, uh, your, uh, for, for your endeavor for that particular day. But the second, I think, is more profound. In ancient society... 
an individual drew their identity from who they belonged to, from their lineage, from their father and their father's father and so forth. Today, you draw your identity from what you do, which means you have to earn it, right? means you've got to work towards it. Uh, means you have to achieve it. So you now today have to achieve an identity. Whereas once upon a time, you rested in what was given to you from your forefathers. And to prove my point, the most commonly asked question of someone that you've just met is, what do you do? Far more common than who's your father, right? Uh, I want to identify you by what your achievements are, by what you do for a living, as opposed to what your family is or the, um, uh, the lineage of your past. Um, and as a result of this, we use families. Once upon a time, you work to support your family. Okay? C.S. Lewis made the observation many years ago that the pinnacle of society is the family and that doctors, for example, uh, doctors merely exist to keep the family healthy. Uh, trades, tradesmen. Trades, trades people merely exist to provide dwellings and, uh, and then support those dwellings for the family. The family was the pinnacle and all trades and professions and work merely existed to support the pinnacle of society. That, my friend, does not exist anymore. Nowadays, you use your family as a springboard into your career. And it's all about what you can achieve and who you can become. This is having a catastrophic effect. I'm going to show you something in a moment. We're going to go way back to the beginning and and you're going to see how you play this out over time. Um, The effect that it has to the dehumanization of your soul. Um, You you can, I haven't got time to get into this this morning, uh, but this focus, this shift is going to have a catastrophic effect on us. It's having a catastrophic effect on us. And to prove my point, uh, I'm going to take you back for a moment. And I don't have these scriptures on, on the screen, but go home and have a look at Genesis 5 and look at the genealogies from Adam through to Noah. It will say this, you know, Adam lived so many years, had so, so many children, and he died. And then um, Seth lived so many years, had so many children, and he died. And all the way down through Enoch, who was not, because he was such a friend with God, God took him. Uh, Finalising in Noah, who saved the world, had Shem, Ham, and Japheth lived 500 years, and he died. You read that in Genesis chapter 5. Go to the chapter before, Genesis chapter 4, and you read a horrific lineage. When you get to the end, it talks about Jubal, who was the father of all those who lived in tents and who raised livestock. Jubal, who was the father of all those who played the stringed instruments and pipes. Um, Jubal Cain, who was the father of all those who forged um, tools with bronze and iron. And it finishes in Lamech, who was a double murderer. <laughs> it's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, have a think about this. The first lineage that I I noted to you was all about resting in who you were and how long you lived. The second lineage was all about what you achieved and what you did. One ends up in the saviour of the world saving lives. The other ends up in murdering people. (laughs) You talk about the dehumanising 
of your soul. You see, you entering into rest is so important. And I'm going to show you how this works in just a moment. Because um, one group built their identity on what they did. And one group built their identity on whose they were. And I wonder which group you belong to this morning. Um, The author of Hebrews picks this up, and this is where we're going to really take our teaching from this morning. And I want to be very practical and give you something to to enter into a rest, a deep rest to enter into, so that you've never had any more, uh, uh, you've never had so much energy and soundness of mind, which is the result of where we're headed, by the way. Um, There are three kinds of rest that are mentioned in Hebrews chapter 4. Verses 1 through 5, the word rest is mentioned eight times in 11 verses. And the author is writing to a bunch of people who are at their wit's end. Okay? They're being persecuted. They're, they're, uh, they're being driven from their homes. What they need is rest. And we get an insight how to enter into God's rest. In fact, let, let's read it together. It's Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 1. It says this, Therefore, since the promise of entering his rest, that's God's rest, still stands... So the promise is there for you and I. But he says this, Let us be careful that none of you be found to have fallen short of it. So there's a warning that you can fall short of the rest that God has for you. That's why it's so important you're here today. Because I don't want you to fall short of God's rest. Do you want to fall short of God's rest? I suggest not. I suggest God's rest is something that each of us longs for. Maybe you're here today and, and you're not a Christian and you don't know about the God thing. You're watching online. Like, yeah, I'm not sure about all this. I want to say to you this morning that your soul is seeking rest. And I want to invite you to try the rest that's, that, that is put forward to us um, from the Bible here this morning. It says this. It says, for we also have the good news proclaimed to us. Just as they did. But the message that they heard was of no value to them because they did not share the faith of those who obeyed. Now, who's they? Just give you some little context here. They is the children of Israel. They're coming out of Egypt and they're heading to the promised land, right? That was the land of rest. They were leading, leaving the, the land of, uh, of slavery where they were slaves and they worked 24-7. And they were moving to the land of rest where they would pick fruit that they hadn't um, planted and so forth. Um, it says, now we, now we who have believed enter that rest, just as God said, so I declare on oath in my anger, they shall never enter my rest. Gets a little confusing, but I'm going to explain it in just a moment. Uh, and, yet, uh, and yet his works have been finished since the creation of the world. Uh, for somewhere he has spoken about The seventh day in these words, on the seventh day, God rested from all his works. That's an important word, all his works. And again, in the passage above that uh, says, they shall never enter my rest. So what's going on here? Are they entering their rest? Are they not entering their rest? I mean, it does sound a little confusing, doesn't it? Um, uh, There are three rests. Okay, There's a physical rest. Um, We all understand that. You know, you're tired. Uh, you all, I, sh- I should imagine, hopefully had a good rest last night physically. There's a physical rest that I'm sure everyone in this room or watching online, you comprehend, you understand, and you participate regularly in. Uh, then there's a rest for the soul, which is a little bit deeper, a little bit, a little, a little bit more elusive. We're going to look at that. 
And then there is the eternal rest that we have in Christ Jesus that goes on and on and on beyond just this life. And where it says here, they shall never enter my rest, he was talking there about Egypt, right? So those who died in the wilderness, they didn't enter into what was the physical rest of the promised land. They were no longer slaves, right? So in their freedom, they were able to say, we will not work now, we will rest. And that was the whole concept of the Sabbath. When they were slaves, they worked 24-7. Whenever uh, the, the Pharaoh said work, they had to work no matter the time or day, no matter the day of the week. But now there is a declaration of freedom. And when you rest, it is a declaration of freedom. I am not a cog in a machine, right? I'm not a slave to the materialistic society. Uh, I'm just simply not what the system says I am. I'm outside of that system. And, and there is, it's a revolutionary act, folks, of, of resting. In fact, I'm going to start a revolution here today. I'm going to encourage you all to join me in this revolution and go home and have a nap this afternoon. Amen. Who's with me? (laughs) So that's a a physical rest. Then there's a a, a rest for the soul, an internal rest that, as I said, is more elusive. It says here in in verse 4, we just read it, it said, On the seventh day, God rested from all his works all his works and what does that mean because most of us in this room if we walk to the you know to the bus stop we've got to have a rest you know (laughs) um all of us in this room by you know the the, the time the sun goes down today we'll be uh looking for and longing for a pillow to have a rest but god never rests god doesn't need to replenish um his physical being he's not like us in that sense God's rest is not to recharge his batteries like you and I suffer. No. He says something else. When God rested, what it's referring to here is he finished his work. It was finished. He was satisfied. Creation was over. He didn't have to go back and and redo it. He didn't have to go back and, and adjust it. It was finished. He was done. There was a sense in which he could rejoice in what was achieved. No more chores. It is finished. There is this state of the human condition that has been referred to as the internal murmuring of self-reproach. And what it is 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 this. It's a heart that says, I just don't know if I'm okay. I just don't know that I make it. I just don't know that I'm as good as everybody else in this room. I just don't know that I'm as good as this one. Or, or, or if I'm accepted in the whatever it is that matters uh, in the world. And so we work. We work to prove ourselves. We work to get an identity. And we work to get validation. And for some, the concept of rest is almost fearful because... What if I get bored? I'm bored. Has anyone ever heard a kid say that? I'm bored. It's like, oh, no. It's it's almost like I've got the plague. I'm bored. You know, it's it's up there. No one wants to be bored. Because what happens? Oh, I I, I mean, I I might have to look at myself. (laughs) What if I'm not good enough? And so I busy myself. And I'm out and I'm doing this and I'm doing that. And what's going on here? I'll tell you what's going on here. 
there is this internal voice within you, this internal murmuring of the soul that says, I just don't know that I make it. So what we tend to do is, is we, we belittle everybody else. We, we whinge or complain about others. We, um, we self-justify all the time. You know, we want God to solve the world, but don't change me. You know, <laughs> you know, God, well, God, deal with all the evil out there, but uh, there's not, not a lot of evil in me because I do my best. I'm better than most. And, and all this kind of stuff, which is really fig leaves covering our own sense of insecurity on the inside. Yeah. It said in verse 3 that this rest was combined with faith. It said in verse 8, for if Joshua... Had given them rest, God would not have spoken about another rest, a later rest, another day rest. So Joshua did give them physical rest. So there is this other rest that, that they, they didn't experience just by entering into the promised land. Okay? Just by entering into physical rest, they didn't experience this other rest. The key is found in verse 12. I'm going to read it, and you, you'll probably bristle a bit right you probably won't go oh I see that so uh, don't close off to me okay don't go well that's ridiculous let me kind of explain it a little bit and apply it a little bit okay Um, I'll tell you that before I read this because here's the key okay are you ready for this verse 12 for the word of God is alive and active sharper than any double-edged sword it penetrates even dividing the soul and spirit the joints and marrow it judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare. That that means literally stripped naked, right? Everything, you included, are stripped naked before the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. Now, you say to me, well, nothing makes me rest more knowing that tomorrow I'm going to be stripped naked, paraded around, and someone put a sword to my heart. Oh, wow, that's so restful, right? I mean, I'm just going to sleep like a baby tonight, knowing that. (laughs) And I get that. I understand you thinking that. And I appreciate that that might seem what's going on here. But no, there's something deeper. I've already read to you from the book of Genesis. And Hebrews constantly refers to the book of Genesis. And that's what's going on here. He's referring to Adam and Eve. And Adam and Eve who were naked before the Lord, right? That they, every day they were in rest. There was nothing hidden, wow. Wow. right? They, were, they, 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 they had made it. There was nothing to work on here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, they could walk naked with confidence before the Lord. <laughs> Not fearing that there was something out of, you know, out of place, something that wasn't quite... Making the grade, which some of you might feel, but we won't go there. Uh, But there was a confidence in whose they were. You see, society today, we don't believe in sin so much. And therefore guilt, you know, is an an ancient concept. Not something that we really embrace. So we compensate it by covering, exaggerating, blaming. And we, we have, we call things neurosis and conditions and issues. And we become OCD, perfectionists, control freaks. Uh, all these are fig leaves. Wow. 
So that's what's going on. All, all this stuff, right? All your inability to not be able to cope with just life is really this internal nagging inside of you that says, well, you're not there unless everything is, you know, completely straight and in order. Unless you're striving and working hard, you're not there. You're not there unless you cannot answer the question, well, what do you do and impress somebody by your amazing credentials? You're not there. This is dehumanizing you. Yeah. You carry this on generations. Go and read it for yourself in Genesis 4. This is not good, folks. This is not good. You see, he he mentions here about the word of God, which in... Um, reveals the intents of the heart. And it comes back to that. That's why that's the key. The key is motivation. The key is motivation. See, um, there's nothing wrong with work, by the way. <laughs> uh, sometimes some people are work and you've got to, uh, to love them is work. <laughs> In fact, I want to suggest to you all love is work. There's no such thing. You cannot define love apart from work. Uh, that's another message, but I believe that to be true. So there's nothing wrong with work. We should work. Yeah. But, but here's, here's the point. Um, if your selflessness, right, if you're serving in church or you're reading your Bible or you're praying, or you're, I'm going to do, I'm going to be a good person, you know, I'm going to show God I'm good, I'm good enough, I'm going to show my family I'm good, I'm, I'm okay, you know, I'm, I'm better than, better than she is, you know, and uh, he concerns me greatly, but uh, I'm okay, right? If that's what's going on here, and if you're you know, you're critical of your brother-in-law or you, <laughs> or you think the person across the road and, you know, but I'm working hard. There's nothing wrong with work. But if the reason behind it is so that you're personally validated, then all of your hospitality, folks, and all of your selflessness is nothing more than hidden selfishness. Wow. And it's adding to the dehumanization of your soul. It comes back to motivation. How many know, you probably saw this in, in the news, it was a while back now, but Israel Folau, you know, put a list of what people should repent of on, on his, you know, on his Facebook side, whatever it was. And, uh, and there was a list there and, you know, hey, go and repent of all that stuff or whatever. Uh, but but here's, here's, here's my point, folks, and this is where I need you to lean in. If you're watching online, just put whatever it is you're doing down and lean in because he, here's the kernel of what I want to try to say to you today is this. What's going to keep you from God? What's going to keep you from your rest? (laughs) It's not separating yourself so much from the sin, not repenting from the sin, but your self-justifying good works. Did you hear that? Your self-justifying good works. Because the Pharisees repented from all that stuff that Israel put on his side. <laughs> and yet, if you don't repent from self-justifying good works, one or two things is going to happen, right? You'll either kill yourself or you become the kind of Christian who kills other people. Wow. How many of you have seen them in churches? Yeah. Right? Because <laughs> that's what a Pharisee does in the end. And Jesus said, puts heavy loads on people. Weighs people down. What's going on here? What's the issue? 
self-justifying good works. I, I don't know how many of you have seen the movie Chariots of Fire. It's a great movie. But I, I do think that Harold Abrams sums it up when we talk about motives. Uh, I want you to, uh, to listen to what he has to say. He says, I'm running the 100 meters because when the gun goes off, I have 10 seconds to justify myself. I'm running so I can feel good about myself. I have to justify myself. As opposed to Eric Little who said this, God makes me fast and when I run, I feel his good pleasure. Did you get that? See, one running to prove it. Did I run fast enough? Did I make the cut? Am I in the semifinals? Am I okay? Do, 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 I, uh, do I stack up? <laughs> One still restless even when he's resting. Opposed to this other one, Eric Little, who says, when I run, I feel his good pleasure. One who's resting why he's running. And the one who can't rest even when he stops. Did you see that? That, that, is, that is a profound heaven and earth difference right there. One man running in order to be sure of who he is. The other running because he knows who he is. <laughs> one man resting even when he's working. And one man working even when he's resting. Verse 10 said in Hebrews chapter 4, For anyone who enters God's rest also rests from their works, just as God did from his. Just as God did from his. God didn't rest from his works because he was physically tired. God rests from his works because it was finished. Because he knew it was done. And the difference here, the difference here is it's a Noah and Lamech difference. Noah saved the world. Lamech murdered people. Right? If you're trying to draw your value from what you do, I want to belong in this church, so I'm going to work so hard to prove that I'm as good as the others, that I'm worthy of, of acceptance. You need rest for your soul. You need a rest that goes beyond this, the, uh, uh, the shut-eye you might get this afternoon or a, or a nap uh, or, or, or the sleep that you'll even get tonight. So what, what do I do? What do I do? Well, verse 14 says this, Therefore, since we have a great high priest who was ascended to heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith that we profess. You see, there's no rest without faith. And that's the cruncher. And if you're watching online today and you don't have faith, then this is going to elude you. Because what it just said there is that we have a high priest. You see, Jesus experienced radical restlessness. He said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He experienced radical restlessness so you could have radical rest. It is finished. He said that. He said, it's finished. What's finished? He's done it. 
So you don't have to justify yourself anymore. You don't have to draw an identity from what you do anymore. You, you, You don't have to prove that you're good enough to belong, that you make the grade anymore. Why? Because it's perfect, see. Because you're perfect. You're made perfect in Christ. It is finished, my friend. It is done. You haven't got to try to ascribe to it. You haven't got to try to work to it. It's over. It's finished. You're perfect in Christ Jesus. Amen. I've got to tell you, folks, (laughs) this is good news. This is the best news. When you know that you are delighted over in song by the only set of eyes in the universe of whom you have to give an account. When he looks at you, he doesn't see someone who's going to lose a few pounds. (laughs) He doesn't see someone who fell short on their OP score. He doesn't see somebody who, who, who doesn't, you know, make the grade as far as, far as their, you know, their, their ex-partner is concerned or whatever. It's finished. Yeah. You're complete. You are perfect in Christ. Jesus said, Jesus said, come to me and I will give you rest. Yeah. He didn't say, go to Hemel Island and have a break for a couple of weeks because you need a good rest. He didn't say, you know, put the laptop away or put the tools down or, or, or you know, put, put the uh, materials away. Stop it. You need, no, no. He said, come to me. Come to me. And I will give you rest. Jesus is better than a weekend away. <laughs> Jesus is where you find rest. Rest for your soul. And not just rest for your soul, but rest for your spirit. (laughs) Because you see what happens is when you enter into this rest for your soul. I said there were three kinds of rest. There's a physical rest, which I think we all kind of comprehend. There's an internal rest that outside of Christ, I I just, I I don't want to be this hard, but outside of Christ, you can't get there. Because in Christ, it's finished. Outside of Christ, it's not finished. So you've got to keep working. You've got to keep proving to yourself or, or, or to your family or, 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 to your, or, or maybe to God. Maybe you're trying to be good enough for God. I don't know. None of those things will afford you rest for your soul. But in Christ, all of those things are given to you. In the same way your identity is given to you. You know, I'm John Hunt. Where did I get that from? My name Hunt, that was given to me. My first name was given to me. I didn't work to earn my name. My name was given to me because of whose I belong to. I, I can rest my identity in what's been given to me in Christ Jesus. And you play that out throughout the course of a life. And throughout the course of generations, and you go and read Genesis chapter 5, and man, you saved the world. <laughs> you become, you, you, you become a, a force that regenerates life around you. You become a salvation force in the world, as opposed to that other type <laughs> that just puts people down and destroys people. And I know who you'd rather be. <laughs> 
I know who you want to be. I know that the rest that Christ has for you is the very thing you want to enter into today. The problem is, folks, and we all know this, that we're living in a society that constantly tries to drag us this other way, constantly tries to drag us towards proving and identifying ourselves by what we've done and who, 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 what, what we've been able to achieve. Right? And, and let's be honest. I felt that. And my gut feel is you felt that. Uh, I mean, I, I, you know, as Pastor Chris said, we oversee some eight, 900 pastors in this state. Uh, uh, you know, I know many of them struggling with this. This is, this is not just... You know, this is, this is, this is not just something that, that is easy for us to enter into. Be careful that you don't. He, he says at the start of the chapter, be careful that you miss, that you don't miss this rest. And I know this morning that he has this rest for your soul. I want us to stand together. We're going to pray together. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> just bow our heads just a moment. Ever been in a home where the fire's burning and you can come to the fire and rest and you can read a book and you can, you can um, watch some television or whatever, you, you, there's, a, there's the rest. You can move away from the fire and you've got to move around to get warm and you just, you, 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 that rest is gone because now you're trying to create that warmth for yourself as opposed to experiencing the warmth that is given to you by the fire. Jesus is the fire of life, folks. And you can come close to him, and there's a rest. And while you're there, you can do some work. It's not, the issue is not the work. The issue, where's the work coming from? Is the work coming to make yourself warm? I'm dancing around here because I'm so freezing. Or is the work coming because you're warm? You can now... You can now love. You can now walk in peace. Just wear your heads about and eyes are closed. Oh, I wonder if you're in the, the room today and even just this last week you've been struggling. If you're going to be honest with yourself for just a moment, you've been striving. I matter. I matter. I've got an identity. I don't feel I'm quite there. I've got to try to Define that or work that out. And this morning, you have an identity in Jesus Christ. If you're watching online today, I don't know what you're doing to define who you are, but I'm encouraging you today. Jesus has given you an identity. You can receive it right now. A child of God, the son of God. You can receive a divine identity that is bequeathed to you. It's given to you. You don't have to work to achieve it in Christ Jesus Father I just pray over this group of people in this room, those Lord God who are watching online who have felt the coldness that this world affords us Father the, 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 the coldness of uh, rejection the coldness of, of being ostracized, not included. And that, that, that deep sense of angst, is, that insecurity as we try to justify and exaggerate and blame to make ourselves 
try to make the grade. Father, I pray right now that we just receive your grace. Receive your grace. If you're here this morning and you say to me, yeah, John, I just need to receive that, that grace into my life afresh. That identity that I have in Christ afresh. I want to encourage you to do it right now. I want to encourage you that to not do it, it's just a dehumanizing you. And you do not have to dehumanize you. And then result is the dehumanization of others. But you can receive it now in Christ Jesus. If you're watching online and maybe you've never received the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. You've never accepted what he has given you into your heart this morning, why don't you do it? He's right here. He's right there where you are. He's right here in this room wanting to offer you the peace, the rest. Come unto me, all you who are labor and have a heavy burden. And there's very few burdens more heavy, folks, than I don't fit. I'm not good enough. I don't make the grade. You are complete in Christ Jesus. He's offering you that position right now. But you must receive it by faith. You have to say, yes, I believe. Yes, I believe. Look, if if you've never said that, if you've never sort of um, characterized that, that moment, you've never formalized that decision, then why don't we do it together right now? Maybe you believed before you came here, before you logged on, or maybe during the course these last 35 minutes or so, you've, you know, I, I do believe. If, if you're here today and, and you do believe, then this is a moment. Why don't you capture it? Why don't you receive the rest that's yours in Christ Jesus today? If you're in this room and, and that's you, just so I know who to pray for, just, just give me a wave. Just lift your hand and say, yeah, that's me. I, I'd love the opportunity to pray for you if you're in the room. Uh, just give us a wave if you're not in the room and if you're online there's a way in which you can let us know uh, through um, uh, just through through the internet there and and just just go ahead and do that but uh, I'm I'm just going to pray Father I pray for everybody in this room Lord that the rest that you have achieved for us would become the experience and the feeling that we have on the inside as we deal with one another And as we walk this faith journey that you've laid out before us in Jesus' name. Hey, God bless you.